Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we will be discussing the tarot and its relationship to Freemasonry. The tarot. Its origins are obscure and shrouded in mystery and have unfortunately fell victim to creative speculation with regards to the history of their metaphysical content. Modern tarot cards descend from the Marseille tarot, which was based on playing cards used in the Renaissance game of Taroki, a trick-taking game similar to the modern-day game of Bridge or Whist. These cards were in turn most probably inspired by the Mamluk playing cards, themselves derived from Chinese money cards. It was when these highly ornate and decorated Mamluk playing cards reached the courts of Renaissance Italy that artists saw these as a medium of artistic expression, using them as a way of communicating in miniature form the complexities of allegory encoded in paintings by the great masters of the time. Whilst it's historically unclear as to why, perhaps due to the widespread numerical illiteracy, a fifth suit was added, the trumps or triumphi, as they are known in Italian. The most probable reason is to visually correlate progression through the trumps to the poem E Triomphi of the great father of the Renaissance, Petrarch. Visual depictions of the scene in this poem can be found in beautiful illuminated manuscripts, which can be found online. The image of this poem was also expressed in fresco form, painted on the walls of the Palazzo Schiffenoia in Ferrara, built by the House of Este. In the Hall of the Months, Cosimo Chura's purely pagan cycle of the months presents the cycle of the year as an allegorical pageant with the appropriate Olympian gods presiding on their fanciful carts drawn by the beast proper to each deity, with appropriate personifications of the constellations of the zodiac. It is these simple but highly allegorical possessions of scenes that are important to the history of the early tarot. Taraki cards would make their way to France most probably when the French co conquered Milan in 1499, where the patterns became somewhat standardised to become the Marseille pattern that is used today. This is also why we use the word tarot rather than the Italian tarocchi. May I just add that the Rider Waite tarot, which is the most popular tarot in use today and illustrated by Pamela Common Smith, is slightly idiosyncratic in that it doesn't use the Marseille pattern, although it was kind of inspired by it. Apart from a scant reference in Casanova's multi-volume autobiography, where one of his jealous young lovers is using tarot cards to divine the whereabouts of the famous Gallivant, there is little evidence to support the claim that tarot was used for such purposes. It is also France where the notion of the esoteric tarot takes root after Antoine Cordes de Gebelin wrote in 1781, in volume eight of his nine-volume series, The Prime Evil World, Analyzed and Compared to the Modern World, that the tarot was uh, seen as an arcane repository of timeless esoteric wisdom equating deep occult symbolism and meaning to each of the 22 trump cards, which he also equated to the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and equating the deck to an Egyptian spiritual hieroglyphic book of some 78 pages. Of note is that his father, Antoine Court, was a famous religious leader of the Huguenots. In Paris, his son, Antoine Court de Geblin, was initiated into Freemasonry at the Lodge Les Amis Réunis in 1771 and moved on to the lodge of Lynn of Sirs, the Nine Sisters, where he became Benjamin Franklin's lodge brother. France would also contribute the great magician and mystic Eliphas Levy and Gerald Uncas, aka Papus, the founder of the Martinist Order to the development of the modern tarot, taking the imagery and symbols to where it is now. 78 cards with highly developed symbology. It is an academic point of contention whether or not tarot started out as an esoteric system, but there is no doubt that it has become one. Now, I hear you ask, what has this got to do with Freemasonry? 78 highly developed visual symbols. 
to these symbols related to the imagery of the tracing board. As this is somewhat an area of expertise for you, I shall pass over to you, Brother Earnshaw. <laughs> well, um, personally, I don't think there is a relationship between the two. However, people have made a relationship. For example, uh, the Jean Bouchard, uh, who drew the um, Masonic tarot cards. Uh, I made a, a um, podcast uh, on YouTube <laughs> a couple of weeks ago about this. Um, <clears throat> but from that, I just don't see that there's a relationship. Um, um, <clears throat> There is a similar story that um, the uh, Freemasonry are going through steps, uh, three steps, and you're trying to improve yourself and learn as you go. And the Fool's Journey, which uses only the major arcana, the 21 of the major arcana, the Fool is set aside. And this 21 uh, cards can be laid out in a way that he's going through a three passageways or three uh, short journeys to um, improve himself, to enlighten himself. Mm -hmm. But um, the actual symbolism is very different from from Freemasonry. Um, so mm, I find it a little bit difficult. Um, I've just recently thought about making a tarot card that includes um Masonic symbolism, but um, I think I'll have to wait a year or two on that one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, um, you wrote the book, The Tarot of Reve Revelation. Yes. Which is um, which is available online. Uh, Thank you. The, the tarot, it's, <laughs> if anybody was interested, the tarot certainly does encode some some esoteric symbolism. It, it's quite obvious. Yes. But whether it lo it's related to Freemasonry is another story. So I would say, people, you need to get up to speed with Freemasonry before you start looking into the tarot. But it certainly is a repository of at least what people were thinking in the Renaissance, whatever was bleeding out of Byzantium or whatever was going on in the minds of the, the metaphysical speculation at the time. It's, it's interesting to have a look at. And it is well, relatable in terms of its topic to Freemasonry, but maybe not directly. Also, the other thing is that the tarot cards were expensive. And um, mm. so they weren't cards that the hoi polloi would have to play in a pub or something like that. So it's no. only a, a game for the uh, literati to enjoy. Yeah. Absolutely. They were usually given as wedding gifts because it was yes. so incredibly expensive. Well, they were yeah. 78 miniature paintings. So it, yes. it would have yeah. cost the, the price of, well, it would have been in the millions nowadays to produce artwork like that. Many, yeah. many millions wow. of pounds. Wow. So <laughs> very ostentatious. Some of them were yes. very sumptuous. Mm. So, right. Uh, yes. I think we'll leave it there. We'll leave it up to the brethren to do further research on their own. Definitely. So, that just about brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email on the link below. We now part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>